Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. This is Brian Kletter, the creator and host of the podcast. You can engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought or at Counterthought CEO and on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast. For audio versions of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And for video versions of the podcast, join us on YouTube at the Counterthought channel. Let's go. So while the news cycles are focused on Joe Biden going over to Ukraine and Pete Buttigieg not going to East Palestine, Ohio, America still continues to have an identity crisis. And this administration continues to perpetuate it. Hello and welcome to Counterthought. For those of you who follow this account on Instagram, either my Counterthought CEO or the official Counterthought podcast page, which is at counter underscore thought, just want to bring you up to speed on some some new happenings going on on Instagram. Uh, From February through August of last year, 2022, I had a weekly live with my friend Kalina at That Liberty Chick. Uh, It was called the Counterthought Rundown for six months from like February through August. We were doing a weekly live just going through the news and then maybe have like a little more um, out of mainstream media kind of topic, more like conspiratorial. And then we took a break from August through the winter, but we are starting that back up, not as the Counterthought Rundown, because we're not going to focus so much on on multiple news topics, we're going to be focusing on, you know, like one topic in particular and discussing that for 45 minutes to an hour on Thursday nights. So come on over to Instagram live, check that out. And then what I plan on doing is taking clips from those lives and then posting them to the YouTube channel. So if you are an audio only listener of the podcast, take the time to come on over to the YouTube channel, which is Counterthought Podcast. And Check out not only the episode clips, but check out the clips from those Instagram lives. We're going to be having a great conversation. Last week, we discussed, uh, Kalina and I discussed, um, and I'm drawing a blank. Oh, uh, political messaging. We discussed political messaging. Um, so check those out. Those are on the channel. Those are found on the playlist um, under discussions is the full length live. And then a second playlist called discussion clips. And that's where you'll find Uh, shorter clips from that live about political messaging and this thursday on instagram live again come check us out we're going to be discussing i think one of two topics one of which has to do kind of similar to what this episode is about which is about identity and equity or we could be talking about maybe something student loan that's uh, yet to be determined but check us out it's just another opportunity for more content from me and then from my friend Uh, Kalina, who is a libertarian. So you got Republican libertarian discussions about a variety of topics. But for this episode, for this episode, I want to focus on the identity crisis in America. You know, you're thinking, okay, well, well, what is this identity crisis? And that is a great question because identity can mean a lot of things. You know, living, we are used to and accustomed to your identity being, you know, some type of, you know, paperwork like your birth certificate, your driver's license, something like that, your passport that shows who you are, has information on there like your, you know, your name, your sex, <clears throat> um, where you live, and, and other information like that. 
And then we think of identity could be, okay, well, that could be my job. Maybe you put your identity in your job. Maybe you are you know, proud of what it is that you do for a living, for your career. Maybe you don't have a career. Maybe you're in high school or college and your identity is in being a student. Again, whether, whether that's at the high school level or collegiate level, don't know how many middle schoolers might be listening to this, but if you are, shout out to middle school as well. Like That is what your identity could be in, or it could be um, in sports or athletics or your favorite sports team, or it could be in Christ, which is where it should be. But we can put our identity in a lot of things, and all of those um, different uh, ways we can have our or things we can put our identity in that I just mentioned, that doesn't that's not what this administration is focusing on. This administration, and I've talked about this in multiple episodes throughout the course of this podcast, uh, talked about victimhood going back to last year. That was somewhere within the first uh, ten episodes of the podcast. Go back and check it out. It's an audio only format, so check it out in the podcast app. But it is focused on identity with this administration, at least, and I could say large, more largely the, the Democrat Party, especially the more progressive, liberal, radical um, aspects of the Democrat Party, is focused on identity. But the identity that it is focused on is race and sexuality. Race and sexuality. We're going to focus on, they focus on race, but then complain about discrimination and racism. Focus on sexuality, but then complain about how people are always talking about sexuality. Ben Shapiro talks about this. Love his podcast, love his show. Uh, maybe one day he'll have me on there. Who knows? But Ben Shapiro talks about this theory. I don't know if he came up with it or not, but he calls it the face tattoo theory. And what the face tattoo theory is, is that if someone does something to garner attention, such as getting a face tattoo, our natural reaction, biological reaction, like our brains are wired to do this, is to look. You know, it's to look at the face tattoo, to look at whatever it is that has got our attention. But if you look, the person with the face tattoo is going to be like, why are you looking at me? Why are you looking at me? It's like, well, it's obvious, right? You have a face tattoo. Why wouldn't I look at you? You got a face tattoo in order to get attention for some reason. But don't get mad at me for looking at it, for talking about it, when you are the one who put the face tattoo on your face. And that is similar to the things that are going on here with race and sexuality as identity. That should We should be more concerned about our identity than just what our race is, what our you know, nationality is, what our sexuality is. I mean, think about that going through your life and the way you define yourself, the way you identify is just based on how you look and who you prefer to have sex with. And or if you are a man or a woman, or maybe you're neither, or maybe you're a mixture of more than those, you know, they, them, cisgender, non-binary, you know, all of these different terminologies, the 67, 70, whatever, however many genders we're up to now. But imagine how depressing it must be 
or actually it's just sad that you put your identity just on your race or your sexuality. There is so much more you could put your identity in. But this White, this White House, this administration continues to perpetuate this identity crisis. They're not advocating. They're not saying, hey, go, do, go put your identity in something else, something bigger, something greater. They continue to hammer home and perpetuate this identity of, of, or this aspect of your identity needs to be in your sexuality and your race. Identity by race and sexuality, and then they want equity by race and sexuality. And that goes to this victimhood mentality, right? If you believe you are a victim because you identify based on your race or your sexuality, which is in all likelihood in the minority for the rest of America, you believe you are a victim of something. You're a victim of something. And if you are a victim, that means there needs to be something done in order to bring you up to equal status not equality though, but in the form of equity, that you are owed something, that somehow the government, the United States of America did you wrong and they must compensate you for it. And this White House, this administration, Joe Biden has signed two executive orders specifically about equity based on race and sexuality. So I'm looking right here at the at the White House statement. This was released going back to February 16th. So by the time uh, it's been 12, you know, almost two weeks, 12 days, almost two weeks. Starts out by saying on his first day in office, President Biden signed executive order 13985, which is called Advancing Racial Equity and Support for Underserved Communities Through the Federal Government. It says that order emphasized the enormous human cost of systemic racism and persistent poverty and provided a powerful and unprecedented mandate for all federal agencies, all federal agencies to launch a whole of government approach to equity. And over the last two years, those agencies have done numerous studies and surveys and identified um, ways in which their agencies can help advance equity. So now this executive order, again, February 16th, says to strengthen the federal government's ability to address the barriers that underserved communities continue to face today. President Biden has signed a new executive order called Further Advancing Racial Equity and Support for Underserved Communities through the Federal Government. So his first day in office, it was advancing the racial equity and support for underserved communities through the federal government. And now this one is further advancing, right? So this is the next one, right? The next one, further advancing. This second order reaffirms the administration's commitment to deliver equity and build an America in which all can participate, prosper, and reach their full potential. Now that is key in which all can participate, prosper, and reach their full potential. Now, I understand that there are significant barriers that keeps uh, individuals, especially 
impoverished individuals or underserved as they're called here to participate in certain aspects of, you know, not everybody can participate basically in everything in America. There are significant barriers. A lot of it has to do with money because money can open doors for others. It gives you access. It gives you opportunities. School choice is a big thing going on right now across the different states, you know, to help give children in these impoverished neighborhoods, in uh, neighborhoods and districts that have poor schools, poor as in performance, poor performing schools to get a better education. Now, I was having a discussion with someone earlier today and in, in, in the comments section of, of one of those videos um, from the live last week. And they were going on and on and on about childhood poverty. Like, you know, well, what solutions do Republicans have for childhood poverty? You know, the Democrat Party, we we have ways to to end childhood poverty. And I was like, uh, well, the Democrat Party is throwing money at the situation is not going to help because people who, you know, are bad with money are not going to be all of a sudden good with money with more money. We see these different school districts across the country that are low performing, but they have tons of money being given to them. Not to mention that the United States as a whole spends the most per child on education than like any other top performing countries. We've slid down to the low to mid 20s as far as like scholastic performance with, um, I think, like science, reading, math, um, you know, those main those main courses. So money is not the issue. You know, they're just trying to put lipstick on a pig, so to speak. We need to get more to the, to the root cause. You know, I hear Kamala still, still trying to find it, but one of the ways to get someone out of poverty is to give them more opportunities. So going back to school choice, like when it comes to childhood, but even if outside of the academic realm, one of the ways to avoid poverty and studies show this is you need to graduate high school. You need to get a job, get married, then have kids is a four step process. Graduate, get a job, get married, have kids. If you do it in that order, one, two, three, four, the likelihood that you will live in poverty is significantly lower than if you either don't check one of those boxes, do one of those steps, or if you do them out of order. If you do them out of order, life is significantly more difficult, significantly more difficult to put yourself in the best situation possible for you and your kids. And then stay married, right? That would be, I guess, step three B or maybe, you know, step five, graduate, get a job, get married, have kids, stay married. One, two, three, four, five. Do that. And studies show, statistics show that the likelihood of being impoverished, of living in poverty is significantly lower than if you don't do those steps or if you do them out of order. But that, you know, is childhood poverty. And again, I was having this discussion with the person in the comment sections for one of the videos from, 
from the live of last week, which had to do again with political messaging. And this equity, this identity crisis ties into political messaging. The Democrat Party hammers this home. You are some type of victim. You, if you are transgender, you are homosexual or you are bisexual, you in some way are being discriminated against. You in some way need protection from the federal government. So what are we going to do? We're going to continue to grow this administrative state, continue this overreach in order to protect you. And because we're protecting you, you can give us your vote and you can rely on us to always be there to protect you. Always. So Biden again on February 16th signed this second executive order of his of his presidency, you know, two years apart, to advance racial equity and support for underserved communities by way of the federal government. And it says this executive order launches a new annual process to strengthen racial equity and support for underserved communities. It will assess the actions to address the barriers to underserved communities. It will empower federal equity leaders growing Mm -hmm. the bureaucracy, growing the administrative state. I did a full episode on the administrative state. Go back and listen to it. It's estimated between 250 and 400 agencies exist in the federal government within the executive branch, which is the same branch as the White House, the presidency. He is the executive, right? So the executive branch. And we are just continuing to grow it. Now we have federal equity leaders. And these different agency teams, they're going to have designated senior leaders that are accountable to implementing the president's equity mandate. In line with the president's commitment, and again, I'm reading straight from this statement. I'll put a link in in this video and a link also in the audio version as well. Quote, in line with the president's commitment to advancing gender equity and equality at home and abroad. And the president's commitment to advancing environmental justice, equality for LGBTQI plus individuals, and other equity work streams. Says this executive order fosters greater collaboration and streamlines agency reporting of progress and planning in order to advance equity and support of all those who face overlapping discrimination and bias. Again, we see it again, discrimination and bias. They want you to believe that you as identifying as someone who is, you know, in the minority in your sexuality or your race to automatically believe that you have suffered some form of discrimination and bias. And because you, according to them, have um, suffered discrimination and bias, you are then a victim. And the government, the Democrat Party, is going to protect you and save you and reward you for being a victim. Strengthens community partnerships and engagement, invests in underserved communities. There's a big push I work in the healthcare industry. And there's a big push by a lot of the healthcare health plans within each and every single state and even national plans, but by these health plans to serve underserved communities. It's called health equity. 
there's a big push for that throughout 2022. I think it really got started maybe back in 2021, but it's continuing into 2023. Health equity, giving these underserved communities better access to hospitals, uh, to patient care, to clinics, and, and so on and so forth, which is great. Which is great. That To me, that is different equity than this equity for your, your identity. Executive order goes on. It's going to improve economic opportunity in rural and urban communities. It's going to address emerging civil rights risks. The executive order instructs agencies to focus their civil rights authorities and offices on emerging threats, such as algorithmic discrimination in automated technology. Algorithmic discrimination in automated technology. What? And then it promotes data equity and transparency. The Interagency Working Group on Equitable Data was created by that first executive order that Biden signed on day one of his presidency back in January of 2021. The Interagency Working Group on Equitable Data or Data. It has been institutionalized at the National Science and Technology Council. This directs this Equitable Data Working Group to facilitate better collection, analysis, and use of demographic data to advance equity and regularly report to the, of the progress to the White House and the American public. So a working group to collect more data, which I'm sure already exists. Again, the bloating of this administrative state is just ridiculous. To better facilitate the collection. Oh, we need, we need better facilitation of the collection. Oh. And better analysis of the analysis. Got it. And use of demographic data. All of we we track all of this stuff. We track all of this stuff. It's it's crazy. Then they go on to brag, you know, about or not brag, they go on to list through everything that these different agencies have done. Those 450 different agencies, but they only highlight about 12 of them here. Agriculture, housing, transportation, treasury. NASA, Department of State and International Development, Department of Veteran Affairs, the VA, Department of Defense. Have you heard about the military adjusting their admission standards, their physical fitness tests and things to, to accommodate um, transgender individuals to be in the military, you know, to be combat ready? our Marines that we need, our Navy SEALs. We were having to adjust standards in order to be able to have someone like a woman who has then transitioned to become a man. So a transgender male. Yes. Transgender male is female to male. Transgender female is male to female. Yes. Okay. In order to accommodate them so they can meet the physical fitness test to be able to, to be as part, part of these, um, not groups, but you know, like the seals and the Marines within, within our military and then the department of the interior, which is, I think like national parks and other stuff like that and economic growth. And then environmental quality and office of management and budget. Can't forget the OMB can't forget the OMB. 
science and technology policy, yada, 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 yada. To read more about additional steps and details on the Biden-Harris administration's efforts to advance equity and justice for underserved communities, visit whitehouse.gov slash equity. And then another website to be able to see all of the equity action plans that were developed last year by the different agencies within our federal government. So we have this identity crisis where the Democrat party, this administration wants your identity to be in your race and your sexuality, but only if you're a minority, you know, you can't, again, going back to victimhood in this totem pole, this hierarchy, anywhere there's intersectionality, the more, the more intersectionality you have as an individual, which is like basically minority characteristics for lack of a better term. So if you're black, that's one, right? Check that box minority. But if you're black and gay, that's two, right? If you're black, gay, and transgender, that's three, you know, all basically the more you have, the higher you, higher you go on this on this totem pole, which you probably can't even say because that's related to um, tribes and Native, Ameri- Native Americans. So that's probably not even right. So we're going to go with hierarchy. We're going to go with hierarchy so we don't make anybody angry on the other side who might listen to this podcast episode. But we have this identity crisis by race and sexuality, and then the administration wants to um, advance this push for equity by your race and sexuality. And we've seen this administration focus heavily on diversity. Uh, going back, I think it was a week to a week and a half ago, we heard Karine Jean-Pierre during a press briefing talk about you know all the diversity hires, all the diversity within the cabinet and the staff, the staff of the White House. You know, like over 50% of them are females. Some of them are men parading as females. And then how you know they have uh a gay man, Pete Buttigieg, leading the Department of Transportation. How they have a woman of Black and Asian descent, Kamal Harris, as the vice president. How they have Karine Jean-Pierre, not only Black, but also gay, as the White House press secretary. Sam Britton. Don't know if you're familiar with that person, but that's the that's the individual who, not the, like the leader of nuclear energy, but very high up. Nuclear energy who's been arrested, you know, and is uh, currently in jail and being investigated for stealing people's luggage from airports. And look how bad these picks have been. Buttigieg has just failed immensely as transportation secretary. Kamala Harris talks like she's a first grader, very lackluster, like no pizzazz, nothing to her. Um, all she's known for is gaffes basically and saying ridiculous things. Her staff continues to just like a turnstile. They just keep going, coming and going, coming and going, coming and going because they don't enjoy working for, at least those are the reports coming out, you know, the gossip in DC Pete Buttigieg, you know, the East Palestine disaster, um, the, uh, Supply chain going, I think, back to 2021 supply chain. And then baby formula in 2022. Karine Jean-Pierre, she is not nearly as talented 
as um, her predecessor and she just stumbles all the time and you know is unwilling to answer certain questions and i understand part of that has to do with being the individual being the the White White House press secretary, you're trying to to cover for the president, but I mean, she just she's just not doing a good job. Sam Britton, and then the military, as I've talked about, allowing transgender individuals, and then that means uh, us as taxpayers, the money that's being set aside for the DoD, the Department of Defense, is going to pay for the medication that these individuals have to continue to take in order, you know, for their hormones and hormonal treatments and all that kind of stuff and lowering the standards to accommodate. But they're doing a virtuous job, this administration, with all these diversity hires. Instead of a meritocracy, you know, instead of a meritocracy, having someone get the job because they're the best one for the job based on their accomplishments throughout their career. But no, that's not how this works. It's all about diversity. Diversity first and foremost. Not about what you've done, but who you are and and how you look that's what it's about and then what about the consequences of these of this mentality of this identity crisis i think there are a few different kinds of consequences i've discussed a couple of them over the course of this episode but if we continue to have this identity crisis we as in the United States of America, not we as in you and me, because if you're listening to this podcast, most likely we don't think the same way this administration does and a lot of supporters of the Democrat Party, but continue to perpetuate this identity crisis, you will continue to have people to believe that they are discriminated against. It's just going to be, you know, like a package deal. You're going to look in the mirror You're going to say, man, I'm a minority. I must be discriminated against. Have you experienced any discrimination? No, but I'm a minority. I must be discriminated against. Or, you know, I'm I'm homosexual, I'm gay, I'm lesbian, I'm transgender, all the different letters. Have you been discriminated against? Well, no, but I'm a victim. I'm a victim because I'm told I'm a victim. It's going to lead people to have this mindset and then have this victimhood mentality, which again rewards the and based on intersectionality. The more intersections you have, the more you are celebrated because of all of the great things you're doing and how brave you are being for, you know, being in the minority and being so diverse based on again your sexuality and your your race. I mean, there are so many more things you can put your identity in. Things you can be proud of, but you're most proud of something like when it comes to your race that you cannot control. Be proud of your nationality. Nationality is different from race, but just to say, like, I mean, that's the depth of it. And then your pride and comes from being a believing you're a victim. And then you're going to be rewarded because of your race or your sexuality and get things that you probably don't even deserve i'm pretty big on fairness getting things you don't really deserve because of your race or your sexuality i mean there are a lot of different things going on here this mentality that you are a victim 
just because you identify as something or just because you were born to look a certain way, that you're a victim and you are then owed something in return. And this victimhood mentality, I talked about this in the episode, go back and look it up. I don't have the exact number. It's, I think it's around, I believe it's in the first 10. Maybe it's around number eight, something like that. But anyway, go back, just scroll <laughs> or just type in a victimhood, whatever counter thought podcast. And I talk about in that episode that if you, one of the arguments, I guess, against the victimhood mentality is the fact that you will expect the preferential treatment and then this victimhood mentality just feeds itself because you get this preferential preferential treatment and you like it. So you get a little reward, right? You get a carrot based on the carrot and the stick. You get a carrot. So then you're going to say, okay, well, I got, I got a reward for that. So now I'm just going to ratchet it up one more so I can get another award. It's just going to keep going more and more and more so you can get more and more rewards because you are getting this preferential treatment when you identify as a victim and the more intersectionality you have, the more victim you are and the more preferential treatment, the more rewards you get. And that is not a good way to live. You have a victimhood mentality. So you are having a negative mindset, a negative mindset and it doesn't correct anything. It doesn't fix anything. You're just going to continue to believe you are a victim. Again, with this negative mindset. And then believe that you are entitled to some type of preferential treatment because you are a quote unquote victim. And that is not healthy for the individual or collectively as a society. And then even more important, consequences of this identity crisis is that your true identity is lost. Your true identity is lost. You can be so much more and put your identity in something much greater than the color of your skin or your sexuality, but it's going to pass you by. But you're going to live a life again in this victimhood mentality based upon your identity your physical identity or your sexual identity instead of putting your identity in something much, much greater and you will lose that. And that is, that is extremely sad again for the individual. And then America collectively as a society. And ultimately we need to be placing, especially Christians out there, our identity needs to be in Jesus Christ and who God, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, created us to be, to be in relationship with him, right? If we have a family, to be in relationship with our family, to be in relationship with our fellow Christians, our community, to be in relationship with those who are not Christians, but to love others, regardless of their race, their nationality, their sexuality, we are to love them, and that, and that is what I'm calling for us to do as Christians. This is not like a, a hate episode towards these individuals. It is an episode about how sad it is to only have your identity 
in those two things because it um, turns you into a victim and the victimhood is rewarded and that is no way for America to be. That is the exact opposite, the worst way that we can have our identity. Our identity needs to be in something greater than that. I can see America crumbling, right? American society is crumbling. That's why I started this podcast. This podcast is dedicated to conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. Our values, our culture influences politics as we have seen. I've detailed the two executive orders that Biden signed. Again, his first day in office and then going back two weeks to February 16th. He sees this, our society, our culture, so many people putting their identity in their race and their sexuality. And now the federal government is getting involved and they've done more things, especially within this administration, that influences private businesses, hiring practices. And this is not, and this is not the way that I believe that our society and our politics needs to function. I believe we need to have an American society to where each and every single individual believes in themselves, believes in their ability to make their own lives, to make their own way, and takes pride in that. And that shapes their identity instead of this identity crisis that we see playing out today. Thank you for listening to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. Remember to subscribe and like or rate the podcast on your podcast app or on YouTube. And engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought at counterthought CEO or on Facebook at counterthought podcast.